Hello everyone and welcome to another episode. If you haven't seen that podcast where we watch the movies that I missed as a child, I'm joined as always by my co-host Chris. Lovely to be here, Eric. Thank you for the introduction. Oh, no problem. <laughs> you are psyched this week. I, I am. I'm very excited You for were this. psyched two weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it's anything can excite you post-Waterworld. <laughs> that yeah, is such a bummer. there's not things that can bring you down. No. Um, but no, I'm really excited for this week because this is one of, like, the biggest films for me as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I know I say that a lot, but this is, like, really up there. Wow. Uh, <laughs> this is Short Circuit. It's the ultimate soldier. It doesn't get happy, it doesn't get sad, it doesn't laugh at your jokes. It is quite simply Jim. the most sophisticated robot on Earth. At Nova Robotics, the future is in good hands, thanks to Dr. Newton Crosby. Originally, I designed it as a marital aid. But artificial intelligence has gotten too smart. No. It's malfunctioning. It might not do anything. But it could decide to blow away anything that moves, couldn't it? $11 million worth of robot just hit the road. Wow! Number five is alive, and it's got a lot of living to do. Whatever it takes to put that stupid contraption out of commission, that's what you do. Number five is alive. Nice software. How it happens, who knows, but it has happened. A new comedy adventure from John Badham, the director of War Games. Ali Sheedy. Steve Gutenberg and number five. Beautiful. Short circuit. I am alive. And how many times did you say this as a kid? Uh, guess. Uh, at an like, accurate guess, I'm going to say about forty. Jeez. <laughs> that's being like um, that's like realistically trying. To... I've been having to think about that recently because mm. there's no films that I have. Anyone that I'm like, what did I see the most? I reckon I've seen Happy Gilmore maybe twelve times. Okay. And that would be like my record yeah. for one film. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of a bit more. Than that. Yeah, I don't know. This was just one. I think um, because it came out in 1986, so it's you know same age as us. Yep. Um, and it um, it was just one that when it was on VHS, like it sort of you know came out VHS kind of like 88, 89. Yep. An older brother as well. Yeah. So and my mum actually really loves this movie as well. So it was just one. Just everything came together. Yeah, we all enjoyed, and it's just one we would constantly go back to and just yep. always rent from the video store over and over again. You yep. know how like when little kids just get hooked on something, they're like, mm-hmm. no, I want that again. That one. And mum's like, fine, let's get five for ten dollars. <laughs> yep, yep. Instead of finding something new, it's always back to <laughs> back to the one you know. Yep. yep. So constant for me <laughs> yeah well i know very very little about it yeah well what if anything do you know there's a robot yeah and that's about it that's about it uh. <laughs> so just no idea of what the plot could possibly be or do you want to have a guess um he builds a robot who becomes his best friend and who's he <laughs> well, for some reason i have paulie shaw in my mind okay okay but then i think i saw something the other day at gutenberg but i don't know if that's the second one <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who, who? Uh, well, Go- the Goots is in this. Oh, fabulous. Because I've only seen him in um, Police Academy, really. Okay, yeah. Well, like, so Police is, Academy, so, like, four or something. Yeah, so is the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. um, so. And Veronica Mars season, whichever. Of course, yeah. Where he was the creep. Yeah, it's, it's a drastic change, and he's, like, really buff, and you're like, this is weird. <laughs> this is odd. 20 yeah. years too late. Hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to some... Gutenberg. Yeah. What what genre are you thinking this one's going to be? Is it going to be like more kind of family adventure or dramatic or I think maybe more sci-fi leaning? Um, so Colin and Tom are watching it with us <laughs> yeah. and they are just eyeballing 
Um, no, I am thinking something along the lines of blank check. Okay, good pull as well. Yeah, so, I love that movie. That movie is great. Yeah, um, imagine having a blank check and only putting in a million dollars. I want. <laughs> idiot but he did get a house with a water slide so he's smart in my book and an attractive secretary um ah <laughs> uh, the 90s yeah um no, so i'm thinking something along the lines well then again it's got gutenberg so i don't really understand but i'm expecting a sort of a family adventure comedy yep. fun rompy kind of thing Just particularly one that if you went back to it that many times it had to be fun yep. i think i mean it's got a robot in it. Yeah. Like, is that the Iron Giant? Is he just going to be a... Yeah. No, that, no, I caught myself there. That could have been kind of spoiler territory. Yeah, so. Sorry. No, I really... I'm expecting something probably fun and rompy, and there's got to be some bond between the robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Just that 80s charm, you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. All right. And well, robots were so hot right then. Yeah. Oh, f- have they ever not been? <laughs> True. They're still hot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, should we jump into it then? Yep. Let's go for it. All right. So... That was short circuit, and I have a giant smile on my face. Yeah, that was um, that was good fun. You had a wonderful time. We all had a had a good time. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a film aimed at adults, but it's definitely you can oh. sit in the room for ninety minutes. Yeah, bang on ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, as soon as like the eighties like romanticy song kicks in, and we've got a helicopter shot of a sunset. Oh. One hour thirty on the nose. Yep, and then we have. Credits summarising the moments of the film that you loved and adored. Including deleted scenes that I wish were in the movie. But I mean, some you gotta kill your darlings if you wanna make that name. Yeah, you've gotta be you gotta be cutthroat. Yeah. But um I guess first impressions? Yeah, it was goofy ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those that have never seen the film, um it's about a robot that was built for military purposes as they get struck by lightning and comes sentient. <laughs> yeah, well done. Yeah, <laughs> and meets a woman who has a lot of animals and a food truck. Yeah, and goes on the run. Yeah, pretty much. And there's yep. some nerd, the nerdy scientists who are skeptical, and then save him in the military, hunting him down to recover him or destroy him, depending on which member of the team you're talking about. Yeah, and they got to convince Gutenberg that he really is alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just fun, simple, sweet, and. Yep. Goofy as all hell. Yeah, so it was um, probably, in a way, was a bit closer to the Iron Giant. Yeah, that's actually true. Well, like, the note that I wrote down is, like, this film is E.T. light. Welcome to my planet. Don't be scared. I'm, I'm a friend. Friend? Yeah, it's like E.T. with the Iron Giant, and then there was another one I had in mind while we were watching the film, but it's gone now. There was like, I mean, obviously, the the this has been famously ripped off by, well, not ripped off, but influenced, we'll say, uh, films like Wally. Wally um, must have taken at least some design ideas from it. Yeah. Like, and, the eyebrow use and things like that. And, and then there's down to the parts of, like, him watching TV and yes. getting influenced by that and then rebuilding and repairing himself from spare parts of... Yeah, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, and then uh, the other one is Chappie. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I know, it could have been so good, but it just really wasn't, was it? Yeah, Neil Blomkamp, he's just a, like, hit the ground running and then just 
stopped. Things <laughs> petered along. Yeah. Um, but like, like I was saying too, also like Gutenberg and we'll talk about the faux Indian. Yeah, Fisher uh, Stevens. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, um, the two, Roy and Moss from IT Crowd. Yeah, you mentioned that right early on and I had never made that connection before. I just watched part of an episode the other day and then got bored and turned it off. But um, Oh, not a fan? <laughs> oh, I quite like it, but I just wasn't in the mood for a laugh track show. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, so they just dead set those two. It's a robot! I've never seen one in the wild before. Where'd you come from, fella? Huh? Where'd you come from? Can we keep him, Roy? I mean, if he doesn't belong to anyone. I just don't understand what it's doing. I mean, this is weird. Yeah, it, it's kind of scary that I, yeah, never put that together. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that was a good pickup. <laughs> yeah, oh, I guess I came in fresh. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Where, where do you start? Um, the best actor in the film is the robot. Hey! Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Weirdly, Pendleton's pretty good, actually. Austin Pendleton is uh, pretty great as, um, God, what is his name? Is the head of the... No, oh, head of Nova Robotics. Which, Howard. This, Howard. <laughs> Thank you, Cole. Business scientist. Yeah. <laughs> Businessman scientist. I'm a businessman. I'm not a scientist anymore. But yeah, well, yeah, you're totally right. The best actor in the whole film is number five. Comfortably. And he is played by a non-actor. Yeah. He is just the puppeteer who is controlling the robot mm. on set. They just all got so used to him doing the voice that they were like... Like, no, you just do the voice just now do it. forever. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And then he went on to actually have, like, a voice acting career afterwards. Really? Yeah. Man, good on him. Hmm. What a... Yeah. I'll give him credit. Like, yeah, his what name, a bonus. His name is Tim Blaney, so... Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I um, understand now why Gutenberg didn't become a big name in the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to look him up. Um, because he is not great in this at all. Damn you, Howard. He no. just... I mean, he, I guess he doesn't have a heap to work with, but... Um, there's enough there, because you can see him trying. Yeah. <laughs> I use that in the... Yeah. Yeah. But it's... Because there is an interesting character, like the shy, nervous, kind of overzealous mm. nerd character. Someone else could have nailed it. But he's what? he's kind of in that realm of... He's playing him like his Police Academy character, like kind of confident and cocky yeah. and smart Alec. Ben... I don't hobnob. If you like all that PR crap, why don't you go hobnob? Mingle with the brass. Have a ball. You, you almost really need Harold Ramis from Ghostbusters. Yeah, well, that's... Something closer to that. <laughs> Maybe not that. Not quite that. <laughs> Do you have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. But, yeah. Uh, well, that, that's the thing. Like, actually, that's a good analogy. Like, you, you want Howard Ramis, but Gutenberg's trying to go for Bill Murray. Yeah. And he doesn't have the chops to pull no. off either. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So, essentially, you get a... He's essentially a blank slate of a... Yeah. Because, I mean, he's not our protagonist, but he's, you know, one of our two leads. Yeah. And he's just... Blank. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his um, comedic relief sidekick is more entertaining. Yeah. In a, in a very dated way now. Oh, Chavo, this is a barrel of monkeys. Oh, let us go scrape up some female chicks. Yeah, it, it's really unfortunate. <laughs> very, so you but, can explain. Yeah, so uh, playing his... Uh, Newton Crosby is, uh, <laughs> is Gutenberg. Yep. Um, his um, sidekick and his partner is... Hello, scientist. Yeah, his name is Ben... And he is played by Fisher Stevens, who is a white man in brown face. 
Yes, he's playing <laughs> a, um, an American Indian scientist with an Apu from The Simpsons-like accent. Yeah, but as we're watching it, Colleen pointed out, like, at least Apu is actually Indian. <laughs> like, yes. it makes it, like, yeah. less rough, but... um. It, yeah, I mean, a lot has been written and spoken about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, famously, Aziz Ansari has talked about it on Conan and things. And actually, um, from that, ended up interviewing uh, Fisher Stevens in The New Yorker oh, about it. Yeah, and kind cool. of opening a dialogue. And yeah. uh, to his credit, Fisher Stevens, um, like, obviously taking the role as, like, his second or third film. Young, mm. mid-twenties actor, getting a role in a yeah. big film, like... You just do it back in yeah, like that back, wasn't yeah. yeah exactly. And to his credit, he actually went to India and stayed with an Indian family and actually did research and things. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Um, so he wasn't trying to be offensive, He's but like, it was just the circumstances of it. Yes. And I, I'm pretty sure he was cast in as Gutenberg's character, and oh. then got shifted around. Or they got yeah. they cast him as that. No, I think it's. They cast him as the role of Ben, and then just he got an up like a revised script, and it was like you're Indian now, and he's like, um, <laughs> I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, sure. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I mean, but, I don't know any Hollywood Indian actors from the '80s at all. Yeah, <laughs> at least Ben Kingsley was half is half True. Indian, so yes. that's like yeah. yeah. But it, like putting all of that stuff aside, at least Ben is an interesting. Character. Kind of fun character. Like, yeah. he is the wacky sidekick. Yeah, he's, and... he's, some of his lines are tad creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but his intentions are quite pure. Yeah. And I, I wonder if the making him Indian, it's purely the to add the flavor of him misinterpreting jokes. I have seen some strange, bizarre drivers, but you... You will be awarded a cake. Like, or, you know, yeah. uh, so idioms, I should yes. say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, because everyone else is <laughs> extremely white. Either that or they're like, the producers were like, man, we we messed up. We're saddled with Gutenberg. We need to add something. <laughs> we need to add some spice here somehow. <laughs> oh, man. But yes, um, yeah, he was much more entertaining. And then you had um, Ali Sheedy. Yes. Um, it's hard to talk about because you really get the feeling that her IQ is on the lower side of the scale. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very delicate way of putting it. Yeah, she's just such an odd character. Like yeah. just just her entire writing and like uh, it's, it's not even ET works because it's a child. Yes, you know, um, <laughs> just just. The child's wonder at encountering the alien in E.T. makes sense. But when it's a 24-year-old woman who lives alone in a house and has skunks and <laughs> raccoons and rabbits and... It's kittens walking on the stove. Yeah. Her ex-boyfriend's trying to sell one of her dogs for medical research. Yeah, it's just um, a gnarly scene. <laughs> just, and then her first interaction with what is clearly a robot, she just seems to hope that it has a small brain inside and is an alien. I... <laughs> sure what she See, says. She just she hopes he has a small brain in a jar. I, I'm real. I'm, there's there's no line in the film where she's just like, wow, it like offhanded reference to ET. Like that no. would have made that kind of her actions and motivations make yes, sense. Yeah. But instead, because and then you in the movie yourself watching it, you're just like, oh, I get it. They're self. They're, they're aware that they're essentially just doing 
scene for scene. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. shot for shot almost. Like even here's my fish tank. Yes, this <laughs> is this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but without that, she just comes across as kind of like just odd. <laughs> yeah. Like not really dumb, not weak, but not just, strong either. Like just just odd. odd. <laughs> just odd. a really odd character and, in general. And I made the note, like, do, do you think that she's acting childlike because it's a kid's film? I think there's, I think they're all a little bit like that. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're just trying, they're playing it so broad and kind of dumbed down and yeah. weird and base like that because they're like, oh, it's a kid's film. We'll act yeah, lighthearted and like we're on play school, Sesame yeah. <laughs> Street, like really telegraphing it and yeah. acting crazy. And let the robot shine as the um, yeah. And, and on that part, it works because they bring well, their if, if that's fully their intention. Because I, I think Ali Sheedy's in other stuff is a great actress. I've only seen her in Breakfast Club, mm. and she's good in that. But if if that is like intentionally acting <laughs> odd, <laughs> yeah. um, is is. Like, to kind of play it down for kids and then also let the robot take center stage. That's admirable, and mm. I think she's done a great job. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I mean, she would have been directed as well, so yeah. you've always got to remember that. Like, there's a scene where she comes down at 3 o'clock in the morning and he's dancing to Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Which is awesome <laughs> and kind of cheesy and terrible, but also awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... He asks her to dance and she's like, no. She just walks straight into his arms. Immediately hops up onto the, like, the platform <laughs> so they can spin. <laughs> but uh, that's the one thing I will say like with this film. Like, I, I will, <laughs> I'm going to say some negative things about this film, but I still love this film. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I had a good time, but I will have fun. Yeah. Their chemistry works. <laughs> yeah, in a really odd kind of way. Yeah, it, it just... if. If their back and forth banter and things didn't work, and if, if it didn't have that kind of pop between them, mm. this movie would be a slog. <laughs> yeah, like what did we watch? We watched something recently. Um, oh, Crocodile Dundee. Oh yeah, <laughs> the chemistry just oh. <laughs> of a wet blanket and a like turkey sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> things just, that don't go together. No. Um, yeah, like there was just no chemistry at any point in mm. that film, and they were married. Yes. <laughs> uh, so there was more chemistry between a robot and someone acting like a child. Also <laughs> 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 between Paul Hogan and his wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> uh, but um, yes, there there comes. I mean, it was kind of creepy at times. Like, yeah, the way she just kind of just leads him into her house, and yeah, we the, had a fun time laughing about that. Yeah, we will say like if you haven't seen this film in a long time, get together with a group of friends, sit down and watch, and be kind of marvelled at how uncomfortable this mm. film gets. And yeah, they talk about input a lot. Yeah, it's oddly, <laughs> it's like overtly sexual in a lot of scenes, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> again, like you can make the jokes like with friends being like, ha ha of all this, but it's. Yeah. No, there's like some overt. Yeah, this is this. Stephanie. Attractive. Nice software. Mmm. Well, you sure don't talk like a machine. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a bit more out there in a way. It's a bit more... Anyway. Mmm. It's, it's good to laugh at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, again, like, it's, it's that thing of why I think this film has lasted and kind of continues to be a cult mm. kind of film from the 80s is because it does have that rewatchability and that kind of charm that... Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the only one here... I think Colleen watched it as a kid as well. 
the rest of you had all never seen it before and no. going in with fresh eyes and still found it entertaining. Yep. Yep. So, yep. But, like it's it's not aimed at adults in 2019. Mm. Um, but but it's there's something to it that allows yeah. you to kind of still just go kind of, through. And it wasn't us making jokes at the film no, either. No, no. It just moves at a good pace, I think, once again. Like it never slows down too much. Do you think it's the technology that helps that through? Like yes, the yeah. practical effects and all that. I think you're right. Like if you did the robot badly, the movie wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, and that's the case with so many of those... Um, like we're talking about with the Christmas movie Elves. That's, that's <laughs> an example we've spoken about. they have half a torso and one arm? <laughs> we've, gone, we've spoken about that in the past. Yes. I think to compare to Dark Crystal from memory. Yes. Um, but how important puppetry is in a film like this. Yeah. Well, this is an amazing blend of... Uh, they did build a couple of robots for the film. Yep. Uh, $1.4 million of the budget went to creating number five. Wow. Uh, three interchangeable radio-controlled heads were built for number five, so facial expressions could be properly articulated according to the scene, and apparently he weighed uh, 113 kilograms. It's not as heavy as you might expect. I know. You, you see him lumbering along, and you expect that thing to weigh a lot. Yeah, I but... guess he's probably made out of a lot of plastic. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But, yeah, so they actually built a couple of robots, a uh, yep. robot with interchangeable heads. Yep. Um, there's puppetry uh, using hands, where it's, like, close-up stuff. Yes. Like, when, at the beginning, they're making the gin and tonic the, for him. Yeah. Um, and then also a lot of uh, stop motion and practical effects. Yep. So, obviously, the... Speeding up footage, like when he's dancing and things, to make it yes, look... more active than it actually would have been filmed, yeah. Yeah, and the stuff like when he's rapidly flipping through books, oh, yeah. it's just someone's blasting an air hose oh. off camera. Like, smart, simple, yeah, easy just workarounds. Simple. Yeah, problem yeah. solving. And works way better than, like, CGI, or I don't know what yes. they would attempt to do nowadays with that. No, and like some films nowadays would get it right. Because mm. um, I'm sure there are plenty of robot movies from the 80s which are dreadful. Yeah, I'm sure we're <laughs> going to end up watching yeah. a whole bunch more. <laughs> um, but um, I th- something I thought was really... I guess as soon as you see them, you're surprised by how tall he is, but it makes perfect sense because... If they're looking down at him all the time. He needs to interact on an mm. eye level to create that chemistry and that sweet, sweet romance with yeah. Stephanie and... <laughs> but they made him cleverly so that he could raise and lower, so that he actually wasn't this gigantic, clumsy robot. And, and he, he could, could raise get, up to eye level. He could get in a car. He could, like, conceivably do all the things that he's mm. supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, could, he, had, he could have his built-in parachute, <laughs> which I still have a small issue with. Okay, I, uh, I, I don't because it's a military like equipment who is and they say it in the opening that they're made for any environment they can be dropped into jungles and deserts and stuff so then <laughs> into everything but mud <laughs> yeah but I, I still love that scene yeah that's no, great where he reprograms the other ones into three, into three stooges oh it's fabulous what uh, 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 where are you guys going who's asking why is guy it's so perfect and so dumb and kid friendly and because it's like what i said when we're watching it like the kids are gonna love you know james cagney impressions and john wayne yeah like they were just going over my head say pilgrim that likes a part in my hair and it's like i'm just enjoying it yeah you just go with the for what they were Mm. um but there was like I think my favourite joke in the whole film, and it's so dumb and base, but it's so great, is the old the elderly couple <laughs> when he's thrown his tracking device. 
out. In their, in their old pickup ute. And they're yeah. like, fight, just all of a sudden find themselves surrounded by the military. I hope you took the grass out of the glove compartment. It's, oh. it's so dumb, but so great. <laughs> it's quite unexpected. That's what I mean. It's like, But how do you find the actual progression of number five as a character, like from him essentially getting struck by lightning and bumbling around the hallways to mm. then actually meeting Stephanie, getting input and... It was actually pretty good, to be honest. Like the pacing, because you had to bring him up to speed quickly enough that he became interesting to the audience. Yep. So I guess you have the whole first act, basically, to work with, don't you? Yeah, And you've got to have him firing by act two. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, you've got to be able to connect with him for long enough that he's a character rather than just something they're trying to protect. Mm. Um, and it, it seemed to happen quite... Um, Fluidly, like he he obviously wasn't speaking at all at the start. Then he was speaking a little bit, and then once he had had his his input, yeah, his his encyclopedia, has someone to interact with, and then yeah. also has like television, the television and stuff, yeah. And then you go, okay, well, that's why he can speak now and knows a lot of stuff. At least he knows dictionary definitions and thesaurus. And then he eventually gets context for those things with the scene yeah. with the grasshopper. Yes. Which is actually really great. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good scene. Um, and so is the scene with Gutenberg, that first one, um, when, when Gutenberg's trying to figure out, convince him he's not alive. Mm. And, um, and he's asking about how do you know it's wrong to kill. Then why did you ignore your programming? Programming says destroy is disassemble, make dead. Number five cannot. Why? Why cannot? Is wrong. Incorrect. Newton Crosby, PhD, not know this? Well, of course I know it's wrong to kill, but who told you? I told me. Yeah. See, that's actually a really emotional Yeah, nice that's actually like a really, really good scene. You're like... All right, mm. good. And it, it doesn't linger too long? No. Then Gutenberg goes on to make his little Rorschach drawing out of soup and things like that. No, see, I, I, I kind of like that, though. That, Me too. That's nice. and particularly because they didn't just base it on that alone. Gutenberg then just told him a terribly racist well, joke. Well, we'll, you know, we'll get to that in a yeah. second. But, like, with the, with the soup picture and things, it, it's, again, it's a kid's film. They need to do it in a practical way yeah. where they can show and kids can understand yeah. as opposed to just having a flat-out philosophical philosophical yes. discussion that's why like with the grasshopper scene they could have gone one of two ways they played it for comedy to some degree yes in the bouncing around yeah when they could have gone just full gilbert grape with it damn it you clutch look what you did error grasshopper disassemble reassemble huh reassemble i can't reassemble him you squashed him he's dead i killed him <laughs> I killed him, Gilbert. I killed him. Oof, yeah. <laughs> but let's get to let's get to the the joke, the realization. Yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> of all the jokes, so then there's plenty of jokes out there that are see it's maybe it's, not as not just as unsensitive. Yeah, it's um, not that it's like okay, it's bad that it's an anti-Semitic joke, yeah. <laughs> but. It's not, not even a good one. <laughs> That's the problem. So number five, laughing at that, you could be like, no, 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 you're not actually alive. You just know your response yeah. should be this. <laughs> he failed the test because he laughed too much. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, you're not alive. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I 
What's the matter? Uh, yeah. I tricked you into thinking I was telling a joke. Mm. Um, ending satisfying for you, or...? Yes. Yeah, yep. no, no. Ending I thought was pretty good. Um, <laughs> it's, I guess particularly since he built the replica, originally I thought he'd sacrificed one of the remaining robots. Oh, okay. Which I'm like, oh my god, he's happy to kill one of his own kind. Um, but since he built a replica, it probably doesn't have the programming. It literally would just be a motor and the parts. And just so you, you can sort of go, okay, he's, it's like building a little toy race car, but a much more complicated one. Um, and it had quite a good, like, epic, semi-epic ending with the helicopter stunt. Yeah. Like, the stunt flying was cool, the, the low flight and then the little backflip with the the mountain. Like, I'm sure that's not easy to do. Mm. Um, so they got, got a good pilot in there. And There's actually a fair bit of action and stuff mm. in here, which is nice. Yeah, and he... Um, it, it, he never had to, like, compromise his values and destroy, which is important to the plot. Yeah. Um, he didn't need to, like, blast his way out of there or anything like that. Mm. He just left them satisfied they'd done their thing and then slipped away. And it's nice that he, as a, like, hero, does have a moral compass and it's a clear, mm. defined one and he sticks with it. Yes. Yeah. And then, um, and the Goots and, um, and, <laughs> and Ali, um... You know, they, they don't, there's no, like, sunset kiss or anything silly like that because I just don't have the chemistry at that point. But, no. you know, <laughs> maybe, in the, maybe in Montana there'll be yeah. nothing else to do. Well, <laughs> did you know that there's short circuit too? I did, actually. Did uh, that's, I'm t- I feel... showing Eric a picture of the poster. <laughs> oh, no, it's no. <laughs> I was going to shoot it was Gutenberg. So... Oh dear! I believe in the sequel, Ben is uh, working in New York City, and uh, <laughs> they they get sick of him on the farm in Montana, so they send him to the big bad city, where uh, he gets um, he hangs out with Michael McKean from uh, Spinal Tap, oh. <laughs> and and joins a, a gang, and uh, oh, really? his moral code gets tested. Oh, does it really? Yeah. yeah. Where does he go? Chicago, New York. Oh, he goes all the way to New York. Oh yeah, he does. All the way from Montana to New York. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Found another city. It's not great. No, <laughs> there, there's some really. There's some fun stuff because of where. Well, he's now Johnny Five. Because <laughs> of that. Yeah, of course. Where Johnny is at the end of the first one. That's where we're picking up. So he's a fully formed character with yep. his wit and his sassiness. Yeah. And we're not watching him grow. It's just like we're kicking off okay, from there. We're picking so up with our hero from the last film. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so it's just. Dumb jokes from the get-go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you pair him up with, unfortunately, and this maybe might with Ben, the, the goofiest character who was semi-important in this film. He's he's uh, from what I remember. It's been years since I've seen it, but from what I remember, he's actually more of a reserved kind of character this time around. Yeah, and he still has like his quirk of you know mispronouncing idioms, but he's yeah. more grounded and actually. Not a doofus. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. He's a slightly more streetwise. Yeah. And as you would imagine, this is a film that's kind of been in pre-production of being remade for years now. Of course. Yep. So. Don't know how they'll do that. I know. It's kind of like just... And why? Yeah. It, it still works as a kid's film. Just let it be. Yeah. And I just... I guess it'll make some easy money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I still love this film dearly. <laughs> yeah, I can understand why. If you grew up on that, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So Eric, as a kid, what would you have thought? Oh, I think if I watched it the AG today, I would have loved it. Yeah. 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 It, it's hard not to love this. Yeah. It's just like a, 
just a goofier version of E.T. Yeah, it's, it really, yeah. <laughs> Basically. It's E.T. with three Stooges gags. Yeah, yeah. Um, without the, the the magic and and, and wonder of E.T. <laughs> if you want and a, good acting. If you want a blocky B-grade E.T. <laughs> with a robot instead of an alien, here you go. This is for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you watched E.T. and you thought that wasn't enough. <laughs> no, if you'd watched E.T. and you're like, I want a little less. <laughs> Short circuit, Short the film circuit is the film for you. You will not be left disappointed. And Eric is an adult. Yeah, I had a good time. Um, yeah. I I don't think I would just sit down and put it on my, on my own. Mm. But like, if there was a bunch watching it, I could quite easily sit back and just laugh. Yeah, because you could just talk over the top of it. It's such it an easy matter. watch. Yeah, it's so easy to go through. Yep. Um, do you want to hear a little bit about it though? Yes. Yep. Uh, so the film had uh, there was no solid figure on the budget, so it's estimated at around fifteen million dollars. Okay. Yep. And it went on to gross forty point six million at the U.S. box office. All right. Uh, so it was the 21st highest grossing film of nineteen eighty six. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming in behind previous films, we've done Top Gun, which was number one. Yep. Crocodile Dundee, which is number two. <laughs> yeah. But it beat Pretty in Pink, which was number twenty two. It beat it by oh, one. Yeah. Spot. I mean, it makes sense. I guess. It's... Hmm. Yep. Uh, it was also nominated for three Saturn Awards for Best Special Effects, Best Director, and Best Science Fiction Film. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah. And there was, um, and you were saying, I think, when we were chatting about it before, there's no alternate casting for The Goot. No alternate casting, which is odd. And I'm wondering if that is just purely because Steve Gutenberg had star power? Yeah, I think, I think and like, in a way, he is, is probably a good casting decision. It's just... Um, just sits back and lets the robot do the work. Yeah, and he just he could have done more or been directed differently. I don't know. But mm. I think, like, before the film was done, he was probably a very good casting choice. And look, he's... Is, is it, he's it's a kid's movie, like... Is it, is it, are we ragging on their performances because it's, it's Johnny it's, Five just outshines them all? It's a kid's movie with a robot. They're like <laughs> A robot outacts them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just, like, if you had them acting up, like... Oscar-worthy performances if, mm. if the movie wouldn't work. Yeah. There was... there was. I don't have any alternate casting, but I have alternate song. Which yeah, is... Yeah, do go on. <laughs> so, like, the big song in the film is El, the El Barge song, Who's Johnny? Which ends up being oh, the kind yeah. of theme of the movie. And where he gets his name from eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, in the first cut of the film, he was listening to Money for Nothing. Oh. different theme <laughs> they couldn't get the rights I was going to say yeah there was no very little original material in this no so then they ended up having a song like directly for this and uh, it's got a great music video by the way really it's randomly like- it's like a courtroom scene with Gutenberg Ali Sheedy and number five it's really weird awesome <laughs> <laughs> highly recommend YouTubing that yep hmm oh man I love movie movie tie-in Film clips. Yeah, they don't. You don't see them much these days. So. To be honest, it's probably for the best. Yeah, but um, <laughs> it's, it's still good fun. Like Goo Goo Dolls, Iris. I feel like I know the whole plot of City of Angels, and I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the perfect example. <laughs> yep. 
Um, well, I guess, have you got anything else, or do we wrap it up for short circuit? I think that's all there is to say about 90 Minutes Kids film. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, no, <laughs> give it a watch. Yeah, uh, so I guess it's that time to pull the next film out of the hat. It is, so next next episode will be The Karate Kid. Oh, yep. okay. I'll, I'll finally understand. Sweep the leg, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wax on, wax off. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, this, this will be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's just another. That's one that almost ended up in hat the first time around. Like, yeah, that's a very the, important one, I think. But I didn't want two John G. Abelson films. Who? Uh, the guy who made Rocky. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah neither did I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't double up on directors. Come on. <laughs> but um, yeah. Other than that, that'll wrap us up for this week's episode. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um. Tune in in a fortnight's time for The Karate Kid. Uh, But for this week's episode, I'm Chris. I'm Eric, and we'll catch you next time. Oh, man, we didn't talk about how Gutenberg leans funny. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.